Dr. Mark Job on Moody Presents. Maybe it's all made up in your head. Maybe it never really happened. Maybe it's just one big illusion. How do you know God is real? What if it's some other God? What if it's some other thing? And you will go through the valley where darts are thrown at you, where darkness sets in, where you begin to doubt, where it comes in like a flood, and everything in life, you're not sure what's real or, or what's not real. And in those moments, sometimes what your mind will grasp at, what your heart will grasp at is those moments where God has touched you in such a powerful, undeniable way that there's no other explanation besides the God factor. And you'll say, but I know I experienced God. He spoke to me, touched me. There's no other way this could be explained in my life without God. Welcome to Moody Presents and the teaching of Mark Job, president of Moody Bible Institute and founding pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago. My name is John Geiger. Always glad to connect with you here on the broadcast. Well, our series, Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God, has been great. It really has. And today, Pastor Mark reminds us of the critical importance of remembering the God moments in your spiritual journey so you don't forget. But we're going to go one step further. When our faith is tested, we need to run those experiences through the grid of Scripture in order to grow. Pastor Mark explains more on today's edition of Moody Presents. As we begin, just a quick reminder that all of the Moody Presents programs are archived and available for you anytime at our website, moodypresents.org. Moodypresents.org. Here now is Pastor Mark with today's Moody Presents. Maybe you're praying for a crisis. Maybe what's going to revive you is something that's going to really drop you, drop you to your knees and wake you up and make you realize how dependent you are on God. Because listen to me, security is an illusion. There's nothing secure on the face of this earth except for God himself. Economies fall, people die, your body gets sick. Relationships break up. Political figures disappoint us. There's nothing secure on the face of this earth except God and your relationship with God. And so you need to make sure that that is solid in your life. All right. So Peter goes on to say, I want you to remember these things always. Then verse 16, he moves on to a second point. And he reminds them in the second point that they need to retell the stories of their important God encounters and the lessons they've learned. He's talking about don't forget, remember, stay strong. So he tells one of the most important God encounters that he had. Now, he walked with Jesus for three years, so he had a lot of stories to tell. He had seen miracles. He had seen people, uh, blind people see. He had seen um, demons cast out. He had seen all kinds of miraculous things happen, but there was one experience that was bigger than all the other experience he had, and it was called the Mount of Transfiguration. He says, verse 16, we did not follow cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the word cleverly invented stories, sometimes it's translated fables. In the Greek, it's the word mythos, which means mythology. Peter's saying, hey, we're not inventing these stories. This is not made up. In fact, let me tell you, 
it's not only not made up, but we are eyewitnesses of these things. We've experienced it, but we are eyewitnesses of his majesty, for we received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to him from the majestic glory saying, this is my son whom I love, with whom I'm well pleased. We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with him on that sacred mountain. So Peter goes to his most intimate, powerful experience, and it's when Jesus asked Peter, James, and John to go on a mountain. They trekked up on this mountain after Jesus, and there something happened that would alter the life of Peter. The Bible says that on that mountain with Peter, James, and John, Jesus transformed in front of him. In fact, Matthew tells us that the glory of Jesus was so powerful that his face shone like the sun, that he, that, that his, he was so radiant. What was it? What happened? God was saying, see this man in front of you, Jesus? His glory is veiled by his humanity. But if you peel back the humanity of Jesus, what you'll really see is the glory of God. Now, there are two other figures that appeared with Jesus, figures that had long passed away. One was the mighty prophet Elijah, and the other was the mighty prophet man of God Moses. So here they appeared on this mountain with Jesus. Moses, who wrote the first five books of the Old Testament called the Pentateuch. Pent stands for five. Pentateuch, the first five books of the Old Testament. He wrote the first five books, and Elijah, who was the man that was taken up to God in chariots of fire. Incredible men of God. They appear with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. Something supernatural happens. Peter, James, and John, the simple fisherman, is just like, whoa, check this out. This is huge. And Peter does what he always does. He sticks his foot in his mouth. He says, wow, this is great. You know what we should do? I got an idea. We should build three altars, one to Moses, one to Elijah, and one to Jesus. Man, that's cool. Yeah, how about if you're going to do that, Peter, why don't you set up a concession stand and get dirt in bottles and sell them to people? And they can sprinkle their house with it. You had this crazy idea? Like, let's set up altars. What was the point of revealing Jesus, revealing the transfiguration of Jesus? The point was Jesus is the Messiah. This wasn't about Elijah or Moses. It was about Jesus. And so as soon as Peter said that, listen, he heard a voice from heaven that said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, Peter, stop focusing on Moses and Elijah and focus on Jesus. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In other words, God rebuked Peter and said, it's about Jesus, not about Moses and Elijah. It's about Jesus. And Peter never forgot that personal experience that he had had. You say, well, Pastor, I've never had one of those like mountain Jesus appears to me experience. Uh, that's okay. You don't have to have those. But, but, but here's what I know. That God has been a part of your story since the day you were born. 
Now, sometimes you've ignored God and acted like he wasn't there, even though he was there. And sometimes God has spoken to you and you haven't listened to, even though he was speaking to you, you have not listened to what he was saying. And sometimes you've cursed God like, hey, where were you when God was there all the time? And sometimes you said how lucky you were when it was the hand of God that was shielding you and protecting you and guarding you. And sometimes you said, wow, I really did it when it was God empowering you to do it. And sometimes you said it was your conscience, but it was the Holy Spirit. And sometimes Sometimes you said, what a fortunate thing it was, but it was really God guiding your hand because God has always been there since before you were born. God has been involved in your story every single step of the way. You say, well, God has never spoken to me. God speaks to everybody, but only those that listen hear his voice. Well, God has never done anything in my life. He's done things in your life, but you've attributed them to other people and other things. You see, God has never been absent, never from your story, ever. You say, well, I didn't even know God 10 years ago. That's okay. God knew you. You see, just because you didn't know God doesn't mean that God wasn't involved in your life. I want you to know that it's so important to understand that your story is full of God moments. It's full of God moments. And what Peter's saying is that you need to remember those times that God supernaturally has intervened in your life, spoken to you in supernatural, powerful ways. You need to remember the times that God has been there. As one philosopher said, we live life looking forward, but we understand life looking backwards. Don't forget those times where God has intervened so powerfully that you knew it was God and no one else. Because you know what? Sometimes your mind is going to go to doubt. And sometimes you're going to walk through the darkest, darkest, gloomiest, discouraging valley. It's the testing of our faith that proves its worth. And there is something stronger that you can rely on. That's coming up next as the teaching on Moody Presents continues. First, though, we love to hear from you, to hear how this program is helping, encouraging, blessing, or maybe challenging or correcting. Send us an email at moodypresents at moody.edu and let us know how God is encouraging you in your spiritual walk. Let me slow that down. Moody Presents at Moody. Staying on target with God is our focus today, and one of the most effective ways to persevere on the road is by trusting in God's Word, the Bible. Here again is Pastor Mark Job on Moody Presents. The enemy starts to, oh, I like this. The enemy starts to write the graffiti of discouragement on your life in the covering of fog. Just like happened to our building last week. We've never been tagged on this side with graffiti. You remember when, when the big fog came in? You could barely see anything? Well, well someone graffitied the, almost the entire side of that building with big block letters and graffitied it. Why? They did it in the darkness of fog. Now, now, what you need to do in the fog is what we did. 
before their paint was even dry, we were already taking that graffiti off, removing it, repainting it, called the sandblasters, and Jesse Vega helped us get the city out here and do it fast. And by the time the morning came, it was nice and clean, right? Because what you do in your life is you do not let you do not let the darkness of discouragement begin to tag your life in the fog. Do not doubt in the darkness what you have known in the light. Do not begin to doubt in the valley of discouragement what you have known deeply in your heart in the valley of light because the shadows will come in, darkness will come in, and your mind is going to race back to God. How do I know you're there? How do I know you're listening? How do I even know you are real, God? Every believer has been through valleys like that. Every single person here has been through the valleys of wrestling with God. And in your darkest moment, you've looked and said, God, how do I even know you are real? You say, Pastor, I thought I was the only one that went through that. <laughs> oh, no, everybody does. Because faith is not faith unless it's challenged. Faith is not strong unless it's tested. Faith doesn't persevere unless something is thrown at it and say, all right. Just like Jesus, when he went to 40 days in the wilderness, his faith was tested. Your faith will be tested. It'll be tested like things like, do you even know that God is there? Do you even think that he cares? Do you even think that he's listened? Maybe it's all made up in your head. Maybe it never really happened. Maybe it's just one big illusion. How do you know God is real? What if it's some other God? What if it's some other thing? And you will go through the valley where darts are thrown at you, where darkness sets in, where you begin to doubt, where it comes in like a flood, and everything in life, you're not sure what's real or, or what's not real and in those moments sometimes what your mind will grasp at what your heart will grasp at is those moments where God has touched you in such a powerful undeniable way that they, there's no other explanation besides the God factor and you'll say but I know I experienced God he spoke to me touched me there's no other way this could be explained in my life without God you see, Peter was reaching back to those moments. And he said, hey, this is not a fable. This is not made up. I saw it. I experienced it. I was an eyewitness. I can't argue with my personal experience because God has shown up to me in moments of my life that are undeniable. And I believe everybody here has undeniable moments. If you open up your eyes and, and see those moments, no matter how powerful those experiences may be, however, ultimately, there is something more sure, stronger, more solid than even your personal experience. What could be more stronger than, than, than having a personal experience Supernatural encounter with God? I mean, what could be more sure than being on a mountain and seeing Jesus transform in front of you and seeing his glory? What could be more evident and sure than that? This is what Peter says. 
And we have the word of the prophets that's made more certain. In other words, that the word of the prophets is even more reliable than your personal experience. Why? Why would the word of the prophets be more reliable than our experience? You know what a prophet is? A prophet is someone that speaks for God, the word of God. It was the prophets that wrote the Old Testament Bible. And here's the thing. Do you realize that, in the, that, that there are over three, for example, that there are over 332 prophecies about Jesus and about the coming of the Messiah, where he was born, how he would live, where he would die, 30, 332 prophecies about Jesus in the Old Testament. Most of the, these prophecies were written hundreds of years before Jesus was even ever born. You realize that? They predicted the place he would be born, how he would be born, how he would die, predicted his name, 332 prophecies. This is hundreds of years before Jesus was even ever born. Do you know the chances of that? Uh, the chances of those prophecies really coming true? There's a fellow by the name of um, a Peter Stoner. He calculated the probability of any one man fulfilling even eight of these prophecies. You know what the probability is? The probability is, well, there's so many zeros, I can't even, I don't even know how to pronounce that number. 10 to the 17th power. So if you put a one and put 17 zeros behind it, that's the probability of Jesus fulfilling, of one man fulfilling only eight of those prophecies. There's 332 prophecies fulfilled in Jesus. The probability is just enormous. In other words, what Peter was saying is that the word of God, scripture is the revealed word of God. It's God speaking. And so even more certain than your experience is God's word. You will misinterpret your experience or your experience will not be an experience that gels with the word of God. Paul said, even though an angel from heaven should appear to us or any other created thing, that the word of God goes above and beyond any angel from heaven. Are you tracking with me? Here's what Peter's saying. He says, you have the word of the prophet that's more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it as a light shining in the dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. You do well to pay attention to the word of God. And then he tells us why. He says, above all, you must understand that no prophecy of scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. You know, this is not someone, something that came from man. Listen. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what he's telling us is that you have your experience. If you're going to stay strong, refresh your memory, retell your stories of God encounters, but never forget that you need to know what God says in his word if you're going to stay strong. Now, let, let me close this time by just telling you a little bit about the Bible. Because some of you may say, well, Pastor, you know, I really like this church. I like to come. But, man, you guys are, like, way too into the Bible. 
Every time I come, it's like, Bible this, Bible that, Bible that, this verse, that verse. You know, that's great. Can't you just talk about your personal experiences and inspired stuff? But why do you have to be so, like, into the Bible? Well, because you need to understand what the Bible is to us. The Bible is not just an inspired, inspirational book containing good stories to empower your life. The Bible is a book that's set apart. In fact, maybe you don't understand this about the Bible, but there's 66 books all tied together into one book. It took 1,500 years to write these 66 books. It was written by 40 different authors from all kinds of walks of life from different perspectives. It was written in different places, including deserts, dungeon, palaces, islands, battlefields, hillsides, and pri prison cells. It was written on three different continents, Europe, Asia, and Africa, in 16 different countries, in three different languages. It includes Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek. Since the Bible began to roll off the Gutenberg Press, which is the first press that was invented in 1450 A.D., it has maintained the number one best-selling book of all time. It now sells between 30 to, million, 30 to 16 million copies worldwide every year. The Bible is the most translated book in history. The Bible has been translated in over 1,200 languages and still counting. It is the single most popular book in the world. It is the most translated book in history. It is the most ever smuggled book in history as well. It, it's been smuggled into countries that have banned it. It has been smuggled into countries that prohibited the use of it. It has been copied by the underground church. No other book has been scrutinized, ridiculed, criticized, misinterpreted, banned, and burned like the Bible. Kings and emperors, dictators, and governments have tried to wipe out its existence, but it just keeps on going. Why? Because it's not just a book. It's the inspired, living Word of God. French philosopher and skeptic Voltaire, during the French Enlightenment period, he died in 1778 very well respected, very well known. Before he died, he said within 100 years, the Bible will be a forgotten book. When Voltaire died, they auctioned off his home and it was purchased, I love this, for the headquarters of the French Bible Society. <laughs> Why has this book remained and, and, and stood the test of time? Why is Peter saying you need to understand and enlighten yourself with this book? Why is this book so important? Because of what Peter declares in this passage. Listen, this is huge to your understanding and spiritual growth. This book does not just contain truth. You need to understand the origin of what's written in this book. Here's what the Word of God says. The Word of God says that this book was written by authors that were carried along by the Holy Spirit. That word carried along is used in Acts chapter 27, and it's used in the same place where someone sets a sail and the wind carries it. Here's how the Bible was written. These 40 different authors, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. God carried them along and showed them what to write, and they wrote it in, in a period of 1,500 years, and they wrote it 
carried along by the Holy Spirit, affirmed by the prophets, testified by Jesus, witnessed to, to by people that were there. And now these books contain what we call scripture, the word of God. So when you open this book and begin to read it, this book is the living word of God. And what this book does, the, what Peter says, is you need to understand that this is not just the wisdom of men, this is God's word to us. In, in Timothy, this is what it tells us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God breathed. So the reason we don't look at other books when we come here on Sunday morning, there's no other book that's God breathed. We go to the scripture, the Bible, because if you're going to keep the foundations right, refresh your memory, tell your story, but make sure that your experience goes through the grid of scripture. That's so vital, so important, so that you grow. Measuring everything against scripture. It's imperative to staying on target. We've been listening to Pastor Mark Job, and our message series is titled Bullseye Living, Staying on Target with God. And the good news is there's more to come. We're going to be back next week at this same time. For now, though, do me a favor. Visit our website and connect with us further at moodypresents.org. That's moodypresents.org. There, you'll be able to find out much more of what Moody Radio and Moody Bible Institute have to offer you and your family by way of other radio programs, podcasts, books, classes, and more. Again, moodypresents.org. You've been listening to Pastor Mark Job, the president of Moody Bible Institute, our teacher here on Moody Presents. Next week, do all spiritual roads really lead to heaven? Many in our culture say yes. We'll see what the Bible says as we continue our study in 2 Peter. I'm John Geiger, and Moody Presents is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute in Chicago.